As my wife mentioned uh, a minute ago, we had to put our cat to sleep this last week. And uh, I, I'm going to put a picture up there for you. Uh, I used to uh, not understand when people would get upset when they would lose a pet. and uh, But you get attached, don't you? And uh, uh, our cat has been... She'd been. I know you guys are looking at her thinking, that's an ugly cat. <laughs> we had hairless cats. Um, but, uh, you know, you get attached to your pets. And uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, I was crying like a baby. <laughs> and uh, it was really sad. Um, I got to thinking, though, because we had to put her to sleep. Um, she'd been sick for about a month. And I had to actually go in, and, and, and I, I wanted to be right there. And so I was right there, and I held her while they put the injection in, and it was really hard because, you know, there, there, there's your pet alive, and then within moments, gone, right? And it made me think a lot about, frankly, death. I know it's kind of morbid to go down that path, but I did. I, it's, it's so permanent feeling, isn't it? Um. Not too long before this, my wife made me watch one of those. They were talking about celebrities who had passed away in the last year, in 2012. And I was surprised by some of them. Some of them I hadn't realized had passed away. And I, I didn't know something had happened to that guy. Um, here's a few that I was surprised by. Uh, test your knowledge on celebrities. You guys know who this is? My dad's not going to know all these. Yeah, Ernest Borgnine. I, did you guys, I, I didn't know that he had passed away this last year. Um, Yeah, I once again I had no idea. I, I yeah, Quincy. <laughs> That's what my wife said. She saw him. She said Quincy died. I didn't know Quincy died. Um, my dad knows who this is. Ron, John, Ron, Robin, BGS. Heard of the BGS? <laughs> One of the singers for the BGS this last year. I, I I think I knew about him. I. I th- I had forgotten, but I, I think I remembered. I remembered this one. I don't think there's anybody in the room that doesn't know who this is. You know, so many of us grew up watching him in one fashion, whether it be a cop in a small town or a lawyer. And I hadn't heard he had died either. Yeah, real, real, like real recently, isn't it? Um, hadn't realized him. I didn't know he died this last year. No, this is a uh, the Jeffersons, right? Moving on up, uh, George Jefferson. Anybody know his real name? Sherman Hemsley. There we go. There we go. I wondered if anybody would know his real name. Everybody knows him as Mr. Jefferson. Um, I bet you guys don't know who this guy is, but you might recognize the painting behind him. Oh, my wife got it. Tom Thomas Kincaid. Have you heard that name before? Everybody know, recognizes Thomas Kincaid painting. Beautiful paintings. Uh, he died this last year. I didn't know that. Um, which one is this? Do you know? Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon, died this last year. I had I didn't know that. That I think maybe I did, and I just had forgotten it. But uh, um, oh, I. But I know who this guy is. 
Yeah, Storm and Norman. Norman uh, Schwarzkopf, right? Um, he died this last year. No. Hmm. I didn't know that. He liked that name, huh? He didn't like Storm and Norman. Um, oh, no. Okay. Welcome back, Cotter. Arnold uh, Horshack, I think, was the actor's was his character name. Uh, Ron uh, Palillo, I think, is how you say it. Uh, died this last year. I mean, there, there, I, I mean, I, I could have gone into the the guy who did the voice for the Count off of um, Sesame Street. One, one, uh, that guy. He he passed away this last year. Um, oh, now see, I bet some of you know who this is. Famous banjo player. Yeah, Earl Scruggs uh, passed away this last year, and I think I, I think the next one's my last one. Um, oh, I got two more. I, I'm sure you probably don't know this, but you'll recognize this guy's name, uh, Ray Bradbury, uh, famous uh, science fiction writer. Died this last year. I didn't know that at all. I thought he had. I didn't even know he's still alive. Uh, to be honest with you, um, and I think I got the the last one here. I think is uh, important for this time of the year. Any of us growing up in America, um, Dick Clark died this last year. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, yeah, he was he wasn't doing well last New Year's, and I think I was looking at this. It says Rock and Eve, uh, two thousand eleven. So was that last year's picture from last year's, wasn't it? So I mean, he's been hosting in a new year for how many years? Who I, I don't even know. I should have looked it up to see how many years it's been, but. But you just sit there and you, st- I mean, and, and I was looking and there, one of the, the Chicago Tribune online had 124 celebrities. I just picked a few of them out that I was surprised by. Just people, and you're just sitting there, I didn't know. I mean, I think this is a great time of year to naturally do that, isn't it? Begin to reflect over the last year. I mean, who's not here with us anymore? I mean, besides this, think about the tragedies that have happened in our country this last year. Just recently with the, uh, the, the shooting in Connecticut. Uh, we had the the movie theater, um, the man who walked into the movie theater. I mean, they're just thing. I mean, think about how many soldiers we've heard about have have died over this last year. And it, and I don't know about you, and I don't think it's wrong to do this. But start thinking. I mean, life continues to progress for some. Others face death. This happens. This is part of it. And we begin to to look at these things. I I don't know about you, but I get these words going through my head. Anybody start thinking these words, you start getting sentimental at the end of the year. And I, I, I honestly, I naturally get that the, these words start passing through my mind, you know. And I, when I sing it, I don't, I don't ever say it right, I don't think. But uh, uh, it means days gone by, for old time's sake, right? Um, it comes from a Scottish uh, poem. If I get this going through my head, I start getting real sentimental. Uh, sometimes I have a little regret this time of year. Anybody else have that? And I, you start thinking about, I, I should have done that, or I should have done this. You know, you get to these times, these kind of pivotal points in your life, and you start thinking, I mean, I should have done this. And hindsight's so clear, isn't it? Sometimes when you're in the middle of something, you're thinking, I don't know what I should do. But after it's over, you go, I should have done, right? It becomes a little bit more clear. Hindsight is like that. You can just see things so clearly sometimes. I know that's not always the case, but many times it is. 
As Christians, I have an additional thought playing in my mind as I go through my life and I progress. Because I know that there's a God. I know that there's a purpose behind what's going on in my life. I know that God has a purpose for me. That there's things that maybe God wants me to be doing. And and am I doing the things that God wants me to be doing? I'm going to go into eternity and stand before Him. Am Am I doing what He wants me to do? I mean, you can't help but start thinking about things like that. As Christians, we believe that God's got something for us. That I'm not just here to, to have, a, have a ball. There's things that God wants of us, and he wants us to do. There's purposes that he has. There's a will that he has for us. And one day we're going to step into eternity, and, and all too often we get to the end of the year or the end of our life, or the end of someone else's life, and we begin thinking, contemplating what we should have done. But frankly, this is our reality. God does not exist in time. God exists outside of time. Now, if I think about that too long, go ahead and try it for a second. God does not exist in time. Like He doesn't flow through time. Like He exists outside of time. I can't think, my brain gets all wiggy if I think about that too much. But we're not like that, are we? In fact, when I just said a moment ago, we're not like that, are we? That's gone. I can't go back to that. I can repeat it. We're not like that, are we? It's not the same, though, is it? It's a different moment. Now, I can move to different places. I can travel through space right here. Now I'm right here. Oh, look, I can go back over here where I was a second ago. But time we have no control over, do we? It just keeps going. We can perceive it differently. Right? Sometimes you ever had moments that just feel like just a moment, it just seems like it takes forever. Watching a pot of boiling, trying to, you know, waiting for the water to boil, right? That's what everybody. Or something that's really enjoyable and you go, like, what happened to the time? So our perception can change. But you're going through time, you're traveling to th- through time, moment after moment after moment. And so, I think the Bible's got some things to say about this. God created us this way. He created us in time. And so, what I want to look at the next few weeks is what does it look like? What does it mean for us as His creatures to live life as creatures of time? So, for lack of a better title, the title I came up with was Living Life in Time. I really like this picture, too, because you look at that clock. I mean, if you think about it. That's kind of that's an impossible clock, isn't it? <laughs> but isn't that kind of accurate how time really works? I mean, our clock goes around, it's back to 12 o'clock again, but it's not the same 12 o'clock that it was yesterday. It's a completely different 12 o'clock. It's, sometimes we feel this way, like time is spiraling out of control, especially as you start to get older. Now, I, I know me, I'm just a young guy. But I definitely feel sometimes like, what has happened to the time? I mean, I look at my kids. I remember when Samuel was walking around in diapers, pooping his pants. Now look at him, taller than me. What happened to the time? Right? What's happened? It just flies by. And some of you are saying, you're nodding your heads because you know it goes faster too, doesn't it? And it seems like the more you progress through, the quicker it goes. And, and, and I think the Bible has a lot to say about what does it mean to live life in 
time. In fact, this passage that we're getting ready to go into in Ephesians, because uh, we've been going through Ephesians for, for quite a while now, but this next passage really, I believe, deals with what does it mean to live life as creatures of time. And I want to take a look at that. So I want to read the passage. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. And I'm going to put these up on the screen for you. Starting with verse 15, it says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now I want to pray one more time before we dig into what does this passage of Scripture mean for us. Our Heavenly Father, I just want to ask today that as we look at this passage of Scripture, Lord, that you would open up your word and reveal your word to us today in such a way that we can walk away changed and different. Lord, help us to understand and to be clear about it. Lord, I pray that you bless me as I speak today, that I'd be speaking your words and your truth. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so let's let's break this passage down. Now, what I'm gonna the plan is this. I'm gonna take it, I'm gonna kind of introduce this passage today, and in the next few weeks, I'm going to dig down a little bit deeper into some of these thoughts, okay? So we're going to, we're going to kind of introduce it today, and then we'll, we'll start digging in a little bit deeper in the, in the coming few weeks. Uh, but let's look at this passage, how it starts. First phrase in there, look carefully, then how you walk. Now, the word walk, in the Bible, when we talk about how you walk, does it mean how you walk? What is it talking about? How you live your life, Right? He says, look carefully then how you, how you walk. The word look there in the, in the Greek, the word that's there, is, is a word that means to see or observe, right? And the word carefully literally means accurately, okay? And so some versions will say circumspectly, they'll use that word there. But it, but it, it literally means look accurately how you're living your life. Look, look, look carefully, look, be aware of how you're actually living your life. Hey, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, American Idol tryouts. I don't watch the show anymore. Uh, I, I used to watch the show a little bit, but I, I would always try to catch the tryouts. Anybody ever watched the American Idol tryouts? You know, a lot of people don't see their singing voice accurately, do they? <laughs> they think they're pretty good, but they're not. We have a tendency as humans to be that way. To not see ourselves correctly. As creatures of time, living life in time, I think one of the most important things that, that Paul is going to dig into here is this. I'm going to put it this way. Point number one, living life in time requires awareness. Seeing yourself, accu- looking accurately at how you're living your life. Looking at how you're living your life and, and, and actually seeing it for what it really is. We have, we have a tendency towards thinking we're fine when we're not. But looking accurately how you're living your life. Living life in time requires an awareness to do it well, to do it God's way. As creatures of time, we need to be aware of how we're actually living. That word carefully, I said, means accurately. It can also mean diligence. Sometimes it's translated diligence. It's, there, there's, there's a, 
in essence, there's an evaluating of yourself going on, constantly thinking, how am I, I'm looking carefully, how am I actually living my life? What does this actually look like? You know, I would also invite in this, if you want a real careful, accurate view of your life, don't just ask yourself, talk to other people. Your spouse has a better view of you than you do. Are you willing to hear what they say? No. <laughs> I know at school, one of my least favorite things, and teachers, we, we, we all hate this. We hate being evaluated. But they, they, they tell you that there's going to be... I hate the ones where they just pop in. They'll just pop in. You'll be sitting there teaching, and the principal will just walk in. And he'll go, don't mind me. He'll go back to the back of the room and, and sit down with his clipboard. Start writing. You're sitting there going, what's he writing? He's writing something. And he's just sitting back there. I mean, he could be playing tic-tac-toe. I don't know. He's, he's back there doing something, you know. And, and, and he's writing about me. And I'm up there. And it's just so nerve-wracking to be evaluated like that. What, what if people did? What, what, if, what if that happened in regular life? You're just at home. An evaluator comes in to see how you're doing. Don't mind me. Continue. <laughs> right? In some way, that's what we need to want in our life. Someone to, to look at how we're doing. You know, because honestly, there's been times where I, I, I teach differently if I know he's coming. Now, the last few years, I've made a point. I, 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 I got convicted about it a little bit. I thought, I don't want to teach differently when he's here than when he's not. And so I began trying to, whatever I would do if I was being evaluated, I want to do when I'm not being evaluated. As, you know, so that, because for the kids' sake, I want them to see... I'm not a big fake. I don't just put on a show for the principal and do something special for him. So, but it's important to be really think about how. And so, and and, and then when I go and afterwards, I have a little conference. I go into his office and and, and we have a little follow up. And I, I say, let me have it. What am I? What do you see? I didn't like that at first. My first start, I didn't like that. But there's great benefit because somebody else might see you better. And so I think an awareness of how you're actually living your life is so essential. To people living in time, we have a Let's admit it. We're like American Idol uh, singers sometimes. We think we're looking pretty good. And we can't figure out why everybody's so annoyed at how we're doing. Especially our family. I think I'm doing a great job. I don't know what their problem is. Maybe you should ask. What's, what's the problem? Evaluating yourself. That's what Paul says. Look carefully. Look accurately about how you're living your life. Don't be a big fool. And we'll get more to that. In fact, that's the very next thing he says. He says, look carefully then how you walk. And then he says what? Not as unwise, but as wise. And this is a great interpretation here because Paul doesn't use the word for fool. He doesn't say not as a fool, but as a wise person. He doesn't use the word for fool. He uses, when he says wise, he uses the Greek word Sophia. Okay, Sophia is the Greek word for wisdom. And that's where you get like philosophy means the love of wisdom, right? Uh, Sophia. And he says, uh, not like the, the a Sophia means not wise. And so literally, this is what the, Paul says. Don't be like the people that don't have wisdom. Be like the people who have wisdom. You got to look carefully at how you're living your life. Are you living your life like a person without wisdom or like a person... With wisdom. So he kind of divides it out into two sectors here, doesn't he? Now let's think about wisdom for just a moment. Wisdom, I think a great definition we can go with today for wisdom is it's not just knowing things, right? You guys know that about wisdom, don't you? It's not just about having knowledge. It's 
it, let's say it this way. Let's, say, let's call it good judgment. Right? Knowing and, and able to know how to put it into practice at the right place at the right time. Well, what a great combination that would make, wouldn't it? Not just really aware of how you're living your life, but then able to make good decisions about it. And so let's put this at point number two. Living life in time requires good judgment. If you want to live life as a creature of time, the way God created you to be, someone who understands, I can't go back and fix anything. I can't go forward and see what's going to happen. I live moment by moment by moment. Then this is two important things that Paul hits on. Living life in time requires an accurate view of yourself, but also requires good judgment about what you see. Do you have wisdom? Are you walking with wisdom? Even as Christians, notice Paul says, don't walk as the unwise. Even as Christians, we we can have a tendency to be making unwise decisions, as if we're people that don't have wisdom. As Christians, we should be those like those who do have wisdom. And, and, and sometimes we can act like those who don't. And Paul says, look carefully at yourself. Are you actually living like the wisdom that you should be having? Or are you living differently? It requires good judgment. Notice what he says next. Now, by the way, do you guys remember back at the beginning of Ephesians where I said, oh, this is one big long sentence in the original Greek language, and then we had this other big long sentence? This is another. Verses 15 all the way down to 21 is one big long sentence in the Greek. And so you can't separate this out into different sentences. Paul, this all kind of flows together. And Paul says next, he says, making the best use of time. Now, how do some versions say this? They don't say make the best use of time. They use a different word. And this is, this is one that should roll off your tongue. It starts with an R. Redeem. You ever heard that phrase, redeeming the time because the days are evil? That's, that's a great translation of this. Now, the version I'm using today says making the best use of time, but the word redeeming is in there. It literally means to redeem something. It literally means to buy it back and to set it free. That's what redeeming is about, buying and liberating. Now, now listen, this is a neat thought. Paul says with your time, now there's two Greek words for time. One of them actually has to do with like the time of day, like if you were to say what time is it. But the word that we have here is a word that can mean opportunity. In fact, there's other places in the Bible where this same word is being used, and instead of being translated time, it's translated opportunity. This is a specific set of time, a, a set-aside part of time, right? From like here to here, boom. It's an opportunity. And Paul says, buy back, buy back the opportunities. Redeem the time. Set that time free. That's an interesting thought. I know it's interesting to me because I, I, I hear it and I, I think about the fact that sometimes I feel like a captive to time. Anybody, you know what I mean by that? Just time keeps progressing and I can't. I wish I could slow it down or speed it up. Wish I had a time machine. <laughs> right? Paul just buy it back. Liberate it. Set it free. And so let me, let me put it this way. Point number three. Living life in time sees life as a series of opportunities. See, because you can't go back. You can't literally go back. And so when Paul is talking about buying back time, there's a, that goes in hand with that awareness of how you're actually living in wisdom and good judgment. And if you're living that way, if you're very aware of what's going on right now, you're not just aware of how you're living, but you're also aware of what's happening right now. Like, do you know what's happening? 
I'm reminded of a, a show uh, that we, we've enjoyed lately called Freak Encounters. Anybody heard of this show? It's where these people dress up as a, a mon- they have like this un, you know, knowing person that doesn't know what's going on, and they bring them into a situation and they scare them. Okay, and so they, they have like a, somebody dressed up like a werewolf and they come out and they scare them or something. And one of the questions that they ask at the end of the show is they say, do you know what's happening? Do you know what's happening? And the person's like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and they go, you're on a show. And they go, oh, right? And it's interesting. They were scared to death a second ago. And as soon as they realized what's really happening, it all changed. In a very real way, that's what needs to be happening with us. Do you really know what's happening in your life? That life is a series of opportunities that God is giving you. Every moment that God gives you is another opportunity for good. Redeem it. You can't go back. You can't go back and get it back. But you can look at you can say, okay, I know, I know moments are coming. And so I'm aware of how I'm living. So as I enter into another opportunity, I'm going to know this is an opportunity Right? Because redeem something means there's a, there's a sacrifice involved and there's a freedom involved to do the right thing. And notice, he even gives us a reason why it's so important. Notice the next, say, the state, the next statement there. He says, because the days are evil. The days are evil. Now, this word for evil doesn't just mean sinful evil. It's a, a word that means anything bad. Let me ask you this question. Would you say that our days are full of bad things happening? There's a lot of bad stuff going on in this world. There's, there's suffering, hardship, trial, sorrow. There's temptation to do the wrong thing that comes almost daily for many of us, almost moment by moment. Temptation to be selfish and self-centered instead of the kind of person God wants us to be. The days, Paul says, the days are full of evil. You need to be the kind of person that buys back the time. You've got to be aware. Not just of yourself and how you're living, but of the reality of what's going on, what's actually happening right now. This is opportunity. For you, for me, for good. To do something for Christ. And knowing this, knowing that the days are filled, increases our diligence. Remember I said that word looking carefully? It can mean diligence as well. This increases our diligence to do what God would want us to do. Now, let me give you a couple of applications. Now, like I said, in the, the coming weeks, I want to really dig down into some of these thoughts. Because there's... We, Looking at verses 15 through 21, and there's, I didn't get all the way to the end, did I? There's all kinds of stuff that he's going to talk about. I mean, he talks about all kinds of topics in this short little package. He talks about things like alcohol. He talks about singing, music. Hot topics with a lot of people, aren't they? And he's talking about in the context, context of redeeming or buying back the time. So let me just give you two things, because there's other things we're going to have to dig down a little bit deeper. Let me just give you two applications for this week, because we want to be the kind of people that hear God's word and do it, right? Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Well, we're talking about being aware of ourselves, and so this would be hugely important to hear God's word and say, what can we do now? So here in these things I've talked about, 
knowing that we have to redeem the time, knowing that we need to look carefully then how we walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. How can I just take this little bit and put it into practice this week? Right? Monday through Friday. And even maybe even thinking into this coming year. How can I put this into practice? Let me give you two things. Number one, application, I think we can do, is avoid time wasters. Now, as I said that sentence, or as you read that up there, I'm almost confident that almost everybody in this room, when I said that, something popped in your head that's in your life right now that's a time-wasting activity. And some of you go, nope, nope, didn't happen. Some of you had something, but you're right now you're going, nope, nope, didn't happen, didn't happen, don't, nope, don't, I can't think about it. Because if I think about it, then I have to admit that it really is wasting time, that I might have to stop it, and I don't want to do that, Matt. In fact, don't, Matt, don't even go into specifics right now because I don't want to hear it. I know there's time-wasting events you don't have to tell me. I'd rather just be content wasting my time. Okay, well, I can't do that. Hmm. What should we say? I could go into things in my own life that are time-wasting events and activities. Now, now before I give you any of them, I, I want to reassure you a little bit. Remember when it says, make the best use of time, redeem the time? Remember I said the word time doesn't literally mean, like, what time is it second by second? It's talking about opportunity. Understand that even though it might be good advice to take every second for God, that's good advice, but that's not what Paul actually says right here. I'm kind of happy about that. Because that, that would seem insurmountable. If, if I was coming to you today and saying, every single second of your life needs to be used for God, man, that would just, how can I even start that? That's not what he says. He's saying redeeming the, the times, right? Opportunities. So this, this is actually something that might be achievable to redeem the opportunities we have in our life. But in order to not miss those opportunities, I'm giving you these two pieces of... And if you, want to, if you want to chalk it up to Matt Harmless advice, you can. I think it fits in with the context, but I really think these are where we need to go with this. Number one, we need, need to avoid those time wasters. There's things that just... I get to the end... I've done it, and I get to the end of it, and I go, that was a giant waste of time. All right, now without being specific yet... See, I'm not being specific yet. Without being specific, anybody have anything? You know, don't say it, but you know, you've had, you've had that happen before. You've done something, you got to the end, and you're like, that was a big waste of time. Anybody want to admit you, you've wasted time in your life? Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, good, there we go. Yeah, we, we, okay. We usually don't realize that what we're doing, do we? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we know it's a big waste of time. Let's 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 get specific. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't like to get specific because a lot of these specifics, it's not that any of these things are in and of themselves evil or bad things. But I think that out of balance, they can be big time wasters. And and more than that, some of these time wasters, it's it's not just the waste of time. It's it's there's so many things in our lives. That make us think less about how we're living. And what does Paul say? Look carefully and accurately at how you live. 
And there's a lot of stuff we do that it's not that it's bad, but it just we, we can we can in, you know indulge in this activity and we can completely forget about how we're living and totally get into something completely different. Anybody willing to go out on a limb so I don't have to say the specifics? Anybody want to give me some specifics? What, what, what are some things that are some time ways? We're not saying these are bad things that you need to ditch this entirely and never have it at all. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying these are some things that may be out of balance. They're big waste of time in my life. Anybody want to say, I, I, I don't want to be the one that says it. I want you guys to tell me. Yeah. Playing computer games. Let me guess. Computer solitaire. How about Mahjong? Anybody have Mahjong? Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question. Anybody ever, anybody ever played that and, and, and you go, I'll just play for like five minutes. And then you look at the clock and it's been like two hours. <laughs> okay, that might be a slight exaggeration. Anybody ever have anything like that? Oh, yeah. Man, I, it's like there's a time warp that happens when you start playing something like that, doesn't it? Anybody else have one? Yeah. Any video games, yeah. Now, we're, we're not saying that they're all, but... Now, I, I get I get onto video games a lot, but I, I've got some friends of mine that go. They're like Matt. Seriously, I do this, and I, I play with. You know, I got this buddy online that I play with, and he's he, he's my. Or I got one friend of mine, uh, Chad. You guys know Chad. He's like I play with my brother down in wherever his brother lives, and you know, we'll, 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 he's got it in balance. He doesn't divulge hours upon hours upon hours. Right? There's there's balance. Exactly. Exactly. You see, some these there's some positives, but out of balance, they can be big time wasters, can't they? What else? Yeah. Mm. Just just. <laughs> Thinking about that, yeah. It doesn't do any good, does it? To sit there and just think, why am I the only one picking up the clothes off the floor? <laughs> why am I the only one that ever does this? I'm the only one that ever does it. Is it benefiting anybody? No. Oh, yeah. Waste of time. Yeah. It is. Finding that right balance. Anybody else? What, what, what's, what's some other time wasters? These are good answers, yeah. Reading non-reading. Hmm. It's enjoyable. It's 
Is, it, is there anything wrong with fiction? No. In fact, um, I, I heard a guy recently talking about the, some of the benefits. Um, C.S. Lewis talks about the benefits of, of reading some fiction. But once again, it's got to be in balance, right? It's gotta be, everything's got to be in balance. It can be a time waster. Especially, I think, with fiction that causes you to think less about evaluating your life. There's some fiction that you can read and it can promote better living, right? Um, what else? Just give me a few more. What, what are some other time wasters? Once again, we're not talking about eliminating all of them. We're just saying some of these things, could be, you, I could eliminate some of this or part of this because all it is is waste my time. Anybody else have any? Television. I knew somebody would have to say television. I didn't want to say it. It can be, can it? Are we saying, oh, television, throw it out. It's of the devil. No, no, we're saying that sometimes that can be such a time waster, can it? In, yeah, yeah, there's an off button. And you can make it beneficial. You know, one of the things we try to do is we try to try to find things that we all like, which is tough because we don't all like the same stuff. Try to think, find things that we all like that so we can watch it together. You know? There's some benefit there. We're spending some family time, right? Um, you can be purposeful about these things, but looking for those things that are time-wasting. Anybody have any other ones that you want to throw in there? Well, let me give you the second one then. Uh, to go along with this, and that's and I, I, that's why I put this as much as possible. There, you you got to go through and look. Am I wasting too much time on this event or this activity? If I divulge too much into this, but we're not going. And this is why I love this passage. I, I was so excited when I when I started understanding that Paul doesn't say redeem every single second. So redeem the times, right? Those opportunities. Looking for those things. And so let me give you the second one here. Invest in opportunity creators. Okay, and let me explain what I mean by that. Not just avoiding, trying to avoid time wasters, but investing yourself into to things that are opportunity creators. Okay? You're not really creating much of an opportunity if you spend seven hours in front of a television. Right? There's things that you can do that, that might create opportunities. Let me just give you a few. These first couple are not going to sound like an opportunity creator, but let, let me validate why I believe they're opportunity creators. Uh, the first one I have down is reading your Bible. Uh, the reason why I have this in here is, is where Paul's going to go. And I'll exp- next week we're going to look at this because uh, Paul talks about understanding God's will, understanding what the will of the Lord is in light of being someone who's trying to redeem the time. Understanding the will of the Lord is not talking about, uh, i got to figure out what God wants me to do. No, there's things that God wants you to do. Be kind one to another. Don't steal. Right? I mean, there, there's lots of things that the Bible tells us. Clearly, this is what God's will for your life is. Know what those things are. And you know those things by knowing God's word. Okay? And so we need to read the Bible. We need to be aware of it. We need to study it. We need to be in preaching of the word and hearing those things. Uh, let me give you another one here. Prayer. I have to say that there's nothing that I've found in the last couple of years. There's nothing that makes me more aware of opportunities than prayer does. See, when you've been praying for somebody all week and then you see them, all you're thinking about when you see them is, this might be an opportunity, this might be an opportunity. Right? I mean, there's nothing that I have found that creates more opportunity, helps me to see opportunities better than praying for somebody through the week. Some of us, we look at different people in our lives, family members, things like that, and we think, oh, I wish God would get all Pray for them through the week. You'd be surprised at how well that develops opportunity thinking in your head. You start seeing everything as an opportunity. 
oh, this might be a chance to say this, or this might be an opportunity to say that. And you've been praying about it so much that you're thinking about it all the time. Another one, I think, is fellowship. God created us to be creatures of fellowship. God has commanded us to fellowship. We're not to be holed up in our houses all on our own. Look for chances to get with other people, other human beings, right? Where it's not just about your own personal interests. It's about, uh, we talked about this in Sunday school, a, a humble mind, right? Looking, looking out and considering others as more important than yourself. I, I've mentioned before uh, up here that I, I have a tendency, I could be a hobbit. I could just go into my little hole, stay in my house, you know, and just relax. I love it. But there's something important about reaching out to other people and being involved in other people and talking with other people. Uh, even at school, I, I, I can have a tendency to be the guy that I go to my classroom, go to the, here, go there, not talk to me, try to avoid conversation, right? Uh, especially if you're busy, you're thinking, I've got to get to this place, I can't let anybody stop me. Uh, but being willing to be looking around, at, there's other people here. Kid wants to stop and talk to you in the hall. What's going on, Mr. Harmless? You know, the, the, just take some time to talk. Be aware of other people. That can be a great opportunity creator. Worship. Worship is a great opportunity. And Paul goes there. He's going to talk about singing and addressing each other with song. That's interesting, isn't it? We'll have to talk about that, won't we? What does it mean to address each other with songs? Does it mean I'm supposed to, is it supposed to be like a musical? You're going to be like Oklahoma. I'm going to show up at your house and start singing to you. I don't think that's what Paul means. But we need to address each other with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. But worship, I think, is an important part. I think worship is important as well because when you're really worshiping, when you come here and you're singing Amazing Grace and you let yourself get into that song and think, God has amazing grace. You walk out of this building a little bit different, thinking about those things. You've worshipped the God of the universe. I mean, it's a weighty issue that we're dealing in, isn't it? There's a God. He's real. He's made a way through Jesus Christ. It's harder to go out into the world and just mind your own business when you think about the reality that everybody's going to stand before the same God one day. And you can come to church and worship in such a way that stirs your heart to think about these things. Now, I also think, finally, I think thinking is a, a great in, uh, inventor of, of opportunity. It's an opportunity creator. Did you hear what I just said? Thinking. We, we like to do things that require no thought. I've, I've often been surprised at how, um, like at school, we'll have, if, if kids have time to uh, get on the computer and play games, uh, computer games, uh, like, oh, we got 10 minutes. Hey, can we play a game in the last 10 minutes? Sure, you know, if we're in the computer lab doing something and they got done with their project, can we play a game? Sure, whatever, you know. Uh, it, it amazes me at how, how so many of the games are turning less and less about thinking and more and more. Like, there's so many games now that the whole game is pushing one button as fast as you can. And that's the whole game. <laughs> we, we like to do things that don't require any thought. I said something to one of my classes the other day. I said, I figured you guys out. I had a, one of my geometry classes. I figured you guys out. They're like, what? And I said, if, if I start talking to you, if I tell you anything that's going to make you think, you don't want to do it. And they're like, you're right. <laughs> you know, Wait a minute, Mr. Harmless. We're going to have to think to do that, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Not for me. Sorry. 
But that's this is where we're at. And I think if we're honest, many of us we don't want to, we don't want to think about stuff. We just, we just turn the brain off. That's our favorite activities. Turn off the brain, zone out. It's important to think. When things happen in your life, think about death. When someone dies, think about it. I don't like to think about it. It makes me sad. No, you need to think about it. It's going to happen to you. You think about it. Paul talked about life like a race. He talked about life like a race. And he included as part of that race, he said, I want to finish it. And I want to win the prize. A lot of us, we don't want to think about the fact that there's a finish line. Paul, that was at the forefront of his mind. There's a finish line. And I want to win the prize. I want to do what God wants me to do. He was thinking about his life. Your life is not going to go on forever. It's quite possible. Quite possible. That one of you could not even make it home today. That's reality. Don't wait until those last moments to think about your life. Live a life carefully now, looking accurately at how you're living today, right now. You don't get these moments back. But you can redeem them each moment as it comes. It's an opportunity. You don't know. Now, God does. But you don't know how many opportunities you have left. But the Bible tells us they're numbered. Your days are counted out. Some of you have a lot of days left. Some of you have a few. And frankly, your age and your health may not have anything to do with how many days you have left. You can have people sick live years you know, people in the peak of health have days. You don't know. Think about your life. It creates opportunities because you're thinking about it. Think about it the way Paul did. Think about it like a race and there's a finish line. I want to win it. I want to win the prize. I want to make it to the end and, and the, the glory of what's at the end. I don't want to zone out my whole life and stumble over the finish line expect God to praise me for how well I've done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You crawled. I had to drag you across the finish line. Have a thought in your head about who God is. Now I want you to imagine as, we, as I close this up. Let's imagine that, say you did this. Say you're sitting there right now and you're going, you know what? I should. I need to do this. And you began this next week, as we get into this next year, you began really redeeming your time. You're thinking about it. You're creating opportunities. And let's say for this whole next year, let's say you averaged for the next year. Let's say you averaged just in each week, 52 weeks. Let's say just, let's just, just in each week, let's say there's just five opportunities that you would have missed, but because, because you're attempting to redeem the time, there's five opportunities that you don't miss, and you, there's something done for the glory of God in those opportunities. In one year, how many more opportunities would that be? Just just five a week for 52 weeks. Can you do that in your heads? I can't. 260 in a year. 260 additional 
opportunities in one year. Now, what, now what if... Let's see how many people we have here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, There's 19 of us. I know at least Denise is here. Let's say those of us that are at least 12 years old and older. That's 20 people. Make it a nice even number. Let's say that 20 of us did that. Just in this church, just the people that are here today began to redeem the time, living it out for God. And let's say over the course of this next year, just just in each week, let's say you just average five opportunities per week that were redeemed, were bought back, were liberated, and and set free to do what God would have. They, They weren't bound by pointless, time-wasting events. They were freed from those things and used for God's glory. And let's say just five things a week with the 20 people in the room. That would be 5,200 opportunities that didn't get missed this next year. Now let's just say, of those 5,200 opportunities, let's just say 1% of them led to someone seeing Jesus for the first time and believing in him. So uh, just five opportunities a week for a year for 20, from 20 of us. And let's just say 1% of those, because there could be other things going on, but let's say just say 1% of those 5,200 opportunities led to someone believing on Christ for the first time. Do you realize that would be 52 people this next year that would hear the gospel for the first time and really understand it, that God might work in their heart. Your time is bound up in all kinds of pointless activities. We need to redeem it, don't we? Set it free for Christ. Buy it back. Don't let your life this next year go by and get to the end of the year and say, I should have done. Start this year redeeming the time buying it back for the cause of Christ. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I do want to thank you for this day, Lord, and I know that you've presented to us something that's not insurmountable, Lord. You're not asking us to to set every single second of our days at, at liberty for you, but just to redeem the opportunities that come to us. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who are we're living life looking carefully, looking accurately at how we're living. That we might not live as unwise, but as wise. That we would redeem the time. Lord, we don't know how many moments we have left on this planet. Lord, help us to redeem those moments that we have. Redeem those opportunities. Open our eyes to see. In all of this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.